Happy Friday and welcome back to the Fits All Podcast where things are going to get wild and crazy today. Gentlemen, what's happening? Just living the dream. These two ass clowns have already started off not listening. Now that is the way to go, isn't it? I'm a little nervous you started too soon. As soon as I hit record, you immediately went into it. There's no leader. But at the end of the podcast, we'll record an intro that I could pop in the beginning. Jeez. No, it, it would be it would be par for the course if it started and I was actually halfway into the intro. <laughs> yes, we're already just talking halfway through discussion. Do we want to tell everybody why my audio has been low for the last eighteen episodes? Absolutely, please tell everyone. This is Confessions I, of Jimmy Dresta. I, I'm the only one here that like supposedly knows what he's doing. I've been having my microphone set backwards the whole time, so I've been talking on the wrong side of the microphone the whole time. Thank you, Jimmy. Wait, Thanks, turn it around, literally. All the, turn it around. All the four thousand making it episodes are also. <laughs> I don't know. I give it. I give it to Brandon, the audio engineer, and he somehow makes it all work. He was doing like a live thing on Instagram the other day, and he went through and he uh, he's showing how he cleans up my audio. Bob and Dave's is like perfectly clean. Mine's got like all fuzz between every every peak. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I apologize to Brandon for that. His job, security, his job security just went out the window, literally. Oh, no, no. I'm going to have Brandon uh, uh, at one point take over this podcast. We just have to figure it out how to do it, you know, logistically with Dropbox and stuff. You guys might actually have to Dropbox me your files eventually if we hire him. So keep that in mind. Just giving you a little fear warning, fair warning. Okay. Don't speak English to me, boy. Are you speaking English, Jimmy? Uh, do we want to introduce our special guest? Absolutely. Today is a very special day on the Fits All podcast because we're going to be joined by the one and only A-Bomb 79. Adam, how are you, buddy? It is such a pleasure to be on the best <laughs> tool podcast I've ever listened to. Is it like a handy-dandy reach-around type pleasure, or is it more like a fuzzy tickle type you know, pleasure? I think it's more of the uh, the fuzzy the fuzzy type. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. I think I think Adam 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 is a, is a very proper young man. He's gonna have a fun time listening to you. <laughs> My mom tried to raise me right. It seems like she she did. Boy, did I derail myself. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys inviting me on. It's a, it's a real pleasure. You said that uh, I'm your first guest, huh? You Absolutely. Are? So That's, for those of you who don't know, Adam Adam Booth lives out in Florida, and he's a machinist, and he's got a YouTube channel called A Bomb Seventy Nine. Check him out. He's also on Instagram under A Bomb Seventy Nine. Right. That's right. That's right. A Bomb Seventy Nine on both YouTube and Instagram. And uh, he's a very talented young fella. Just recently got married to an awesome chick named Abby. Yep. And everything is going really, really awesome. We're enjoying kind of your whole. Uh, a story and your life unfold on the screen, dude. Yeah, it's been it's been an amazing journey so far. Yeah, we just got married and had a uh, wonderful trip out in the uh, the American Southwest. You know, we went out to uh, Las Vegas, got married out there, had a had a fun wedding out there at the uh, Little White Chapel, and and uh, we took a little road trip from Las Vegas. And hit a lot of different spots along the way and went over to, to New Mexico, went to Santa Fe, Taos, and Albuquerque. It hit some of the parks along the way. We had a really, we had a fun time and we saw a lot of places and 
saw a lot of places that we actually want to go back to, and uh, we're looking forward to many more trips back out there. But had a great time. It's it's always cool to work so you can go play for a little bit, right? Yeah, that's right. That's what, uh, you know, doing this doing this youtube stuff we always try to well i i try to make it a a work trip <laughs> every time i go somewhere it kind of turns into a work trip for me because i want to make it into you know part of the content creation and sharing on the youtube channel whether it be uh for a bomb 79 or my uh, second channel which is a bomb adventures that's that's for the stuff like outside of the shop you know whenever we're traveling yeah. and adventuring and stuff like that you do so, a good job capturing that stuff, like at the antique shops and stuff. It's it's always interesting to see the things you find. Oh, I appreciate I, it, man. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that you had two channels. I do. I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's the so, uh, the second channel so, is uh, A Bomb Adventures. A Bomb oh. Adventures. So yeah. ACDC of you, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I I did that because I was, I think I started it. It was it was early last year I started that channel, and I and before that I was sharing a lot of the the other outside adventures on my main channel. And I was getting quite a bit of kickback from that. You know, a lot of viewers that were on my channel that were there for just the machining and metalworking. Yeah. They get cranky. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, Hey, I'm just here to watch machining and I don't care about your cooking and your, you know, (laughs) visiting the parks and stuff like that. So I decided to make a second channel. And, uh, so that's where that kind of stuff goes is on a bomb adventures. I don't know if y'all know this, but Jimmy also recently started another channel too. It's called uh, Jimmy and Taylor Steal Flowers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah, the other day, steal flowers out of people's yards because Taylor doesn't want to buy any. That's funny (laughs) because there's so many abandoned houses up here and like dilapidated homes. And the people who live there and cared for the homes planted flowers. And they're they're, uh, the bulbs that are still growing. Ten years after the house hasn't been lived in, so tells so like, perennials. <laughs> yeah, so tells like let's go for a ride and steal some perennials, and I was like, all right. I said I'll just so I just checked my socials the whole time. I was a lookout, so like we drive, and she'd pull up in front of the house, and we'd wait for anybody to drive by, and we'd kind of hang out in front of the house a minute to see if any lights would pop on, and then when no lights would pop on, she'd get that get out there and steal the bulbs. Yeah, I noticed it, that you it, didn't get out and help. Not yeah. once. <laughs> Yeah. I was the lookout. I had to make sure we could drive away because there was an issue. He was I he was the wheelman. Clearly, you were the most miserable person on the face of the United States or the Earth <laughs> during that adventure. Like you could not wait to get back home. My my thought process is let's just go buy them. You know, the fifty dollars in perennials or whatever the hell in the the bag of bulbs is yeah. is, is is not worth uh, you know getting the cops called on you for creeping on somebody's front lawn. But we didn't get in any trouble, and it, it provided some adventures. We actually went back to the flea market. Taylor is Taylor is would get me in trouble if if I let her have her way, I would be in so much trouble because there are times like when we first started hanging out, she's like, "Oh, let's drive up this driveway and, and see that house." I go, "Are you kidding me? Like people around here have guns." She's like, "It's such a cool house. Let's just go look. If the guy comes out, we'll just tell me we want to look at his cool house." I'm like, "No." No, I'm not doing I, that. Go take a picture for the woods with your phone, and then we can get the hell out of here. No, see, I'm more like Taylor. I'd just go right on up there and just, you never know. It may be your new best friend at the at the end of the driveway. And then we, we go to where the flea market is, you know, where the, the actual flea market takes place up here in, in Livingstonville, New York. And they have a gated chain on the on the whole property. The, the rest, of, there's only one way to drive onto this, like, 20-acre lot because it's the only spot that, that goes over the gully. 
and uh, she's like, if I just drive down around the chain fence, we can get to the back where the creek is. And I know there's a few plants that I want to steal. I was like, no, park your car in here. I'm not going to like call a tow truck and say we've been stuck in the gully because we try to drive around the gated thing to steal $5 worth of plants by the water. How does so she I, know? I, I said, how do you know this plants how back here? Know? Is this where you got rid of a body? She's like, oh, I walked back here last time we were at the flea market. I think sure. she went back there to, to, to pee. So why don't you go? Why don't you go do shopping? You go look for tools, and she goes down there and and uh, digs up. Plants. Oh no, this is while the flea market was closed, so it was a big empty oh, field. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why we went on. Uh, we went on one evening this week when it was. It's only open on Sundays, but no, it was a fun adventure, and uh, it seems like something we'll do. Like this is the kind of thing like you know you do as a couple. It's like quality time together. Hey, I the cars. Jimmy, is that, a, is that a? Is that a? Local flea market because I've heard you mention it a few times. Yeah, it's uh, Livingstonville. It's 15, 10, 15 miles up the road from my house. It's on the same road my house is on. And uh, so now I'm going to have everybody coming to visit me. What, Eric, are you okay? What are you doing? He's uh, uh, removing I... earwax from his no, face. No, pushing, <laughs> pushing the earbud into my ear. Oh, I thought, I thought you were giving us a single. Um, yeah, so the, it's a Livingstonville flea market. And it's a great flea market because it's just far enough away from New York. If you all live near a major city, you realize like the antiques closer to the city are more expensive. And this is just far enough away from New York where you can buy a real cool piece of, you know, precision machinery, even if it's like a measuring device or something for like two bucks. Where if it was in Manhattan, it would be 50, 75 bucks at the flea market. Uh, my buddy just bought a, a Lufkin um, micrometer in the original box. You know, for two bucks. My buddy Kevin, a few if, last summer. But there's That's always right. good deals. Like uh, I, we went with Chris Zepp the other day, Chris Zepp from Make Everything Shop, and uh, he's going to laugh at this. As soon as we all got out of the car, he made skid marks and ran up and down the aisles as fast as he could. And he goes, look what I got. <laughs> he comes back with like a vice for 25 bucks, a, a Wilton vice welded to a stake post so you could stick it in the side of a trailer. He wanted to get everything before y'all did? Uh, oh, my God. He left skid marks. He ran. He was like, that's hilarious, hey, dude. He goes, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get a coffee. And he just ran to the end and ran back and like got yeah, everything. got to go. That's what the fast. guys did at Flywheelers when we when we went there. All the guys they, they tried to shoot ahead of me on the golf cart and 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 <laughs> they did 50 miles an hour up and down the aisles trying to find all the Eagle Oilers and the you know the yeah. decimal charts before I could get to them. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. what friends are for, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why you that's why you go to a swap meet with all your buddies because you're all looking for the same thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Adam, for those of uh, for the people that don't know, tell tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do from your perspective. Since well, you I'm, are that guy, <laughs> since I'm that guy, yeah. I'm a I'm a manual machinist. I think that's what you what you want to hear, right? <laughs> I'm a manual machinist. I, I started I started working as a machinist uh, back in uh, '97 with uh, with my dad at at our shop, Booth Machine Shop. I was still in high school. I was a senior that year, and my dad talked me into coming to uh, work for him because I I wasn't sure what I wanted to do out of high school, and he was he was talking me pretty hard into uh, coming to work for him at the shop. And uh, him teach me how to be a machinist. I had uh, aspirations to actually go and work for uh, like the railroad for like CSX. I wanted to be like a, a train conductor is what I wanted to do. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that's what I had always wanted to do growing up. And uh, dad, dad needed help at the shop at that time. He was real busy. You know, the shop was 
uh, pretty busy with a lot of work. He had a couple other guys there working, but he needed, you know, they needed, they needed some muscle, right? They needed a young guy there to help lift and tug everything. So, uh, he talked me into coming to work and that's what I did. And, and I just kind of fell in love with the, with the whole trade of, of machining. Let me ask you before, before you decided to do that, had you spent, you must've spent time in the machine shop, like hanging around with pop and doing stuff, right? Oh, my whole life. Yeah. All right. I mean, so every, you grew up in the shop. I did grow up in the shop every summer. He had, he had me in there every summer, you know, we were out of school. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say the whole summer I was in there, but, uh, quite often he would have me in the shop and it was, he had me cleaning the machines, you know, so I had a shovel and a, you know, a big dustpan and I was having to clean all the chips out of the machines yep. and sweep the floors up. And then he used to have a big scrap pile outside of the door. Uh, he was one of those guys that just all the scrap, he just threw it into a pile outside the door. So every summer there was this huge pile of scrap metal. And wow. so he would have, uh, me and my uncle, my uncle Wesley, uh, he's, that was my dad's brother. He's, he's, uh, passed away and, he used to come over and help me, me and him, and we would load the truck up with scrap metal and take it down to the scrap yard. You know, so that's some of my uh, earlier memories as a kid. And then he would also have, sometimes my sister would have to help too. He would, he would take uh, a can and we had like a, a safety clean, a parts cleaner, and he mm -hmm. would fill some of the parts cleaner into like a coffee can and, and we'd have like a brush and we would have to wash the machine with that like clean nice. the machine down with that in, in a rag. So as a kid, I was washing machines down and cleaning the chips, sweeping the floor and cleaning up scrap metal, you know, and then just getting into stuff. You know, I'd be outside with the, uh, we had a jib crane outside, you know, with a manual chain fall. So I'd, I'd hook these uh, metal baskets up to it and I would stand inside the basket and I would pick myself up with the chain fall. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. Let, yeah. So the machine shop, basically, from, from, from what I could tell in your early videos, the machine shop dealt with things that weigh thousands of pounds. You're, yeah, not, it, you're not making small parts. Yeah, we dealt with a lot of, um, a lot of big, big parts and, and small parts. You know, we did, we did a lot of... Uh, a lot of industrial machining. That's kind of what we uh, specialize in was general industrial machining. So we right. would do a lot of big, heavy parts. A lot of, a lot of stuff that we got into was for the uh, local utilities, which was, uh, you know, the uh, ECUA, the sewer, the, the sewer company. They dealt with all the water, the water systems, and the sewage companies. Yeah. Uh, also, the electric motor shops. So we did a lot of electric motor shaft repairs and the end bell repairs, and uh, pumps pump shafts, uh, the pump housings, involutes. And, um, and then we would get a lot of, a lot of parts from, uh, uh, construction companies that had parts broken down on their equipment as well. Right. I so Adam, the first, video, the first video I saw Adams, you had a shaft that maybe it was 20 inches or 18 inches in diameter. And it was probably 15 feet long, maybe eight feet long. I don't know. But from the video, it looked like it went on forever. And you were, yeah. you were, you were, Cutting off the rust. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Does that make sense? It's like an old video from about five years ago. Uh, it, was it was probably one of the gearbox shafts that I was machining. And Doesn't it like everybody have a shaft that big? And it, you, it sounded like you were starting from, was that a piece of raw material? Like you do do, you yeah. do things like that. You start from a piece of, how, when you get a piece of steel that big, let's say it's like 18 inches in diameter and say eight feet long. What does a piece of raw material like that cost? Oh, uh, well, yeah, it depends on the, uh, the size steel. of it. Yeah, definitely. But the, some of those pieces of materials would, would be, you know, $5,000. Yeah. 
for just just for the piece. stock. Yeah, just one piece of stock. Damn, dude, I was over at this at uh, uh, Commerce Grinding here in Dallas, Texas, the other day, and they had a a piece of square aluminum that was two feet tall and twelve feet long, and it was like fifty something thousand dollars. Whoa. It was for it was for Bell Helicopter, something that Bell Helicopter was doing. Crazy. Crazy. And I've they got, were going to cut something out of it? Out of yeah, they were going to do something. Somebody's okay. ringing my doorbell. Can you give me a sec? Go for yeah. it. Oh, we'll talk Adam. About you. Talk Good about you. Lord, <laughs> son. All right, go ahead. One sec. We'll talk about you when you're gone. All right. Yeah, I was actually just at the uh, laser place yesterday, and they also have a water jet, and they just have huge, huge chunks. As a doorstop, they use a... 12 by 12 by 12 inch cube of aluminum oh it's wow. perfect just for doesn't the front everybody... door doorstep yeah it doesn't everybody right like give that to me and use a real doorstep just take them one of your wrenches as a doorstop yeah be like i'll trade you yeah speaking of doorstops andrew do you saw that anvil i got this week do you see that you yeah. saw that thing we've been oh, talking yeah. about super what anvil. do you think what do you think that is so let me tell the story so i was a you know what? Let me go back and I'll tell you. I was driving to Cleveland and we were talking about anvils. We were like driving past all farms and stuff. And I tell I said to Brett's like, Oh, do you think there's an anvil in that barn? Because it looked like a like an old uh, Adam Adam Adam, I'm telling a funny story. Adam okay. just came back. So we were all driving right. to Cleveland the other day, and on our drive to Cleveland, we saw these all these abandoned barns. And Brett said, oh, do you think there's an anvil in that barn? And it, it prompted a memory in me. I said, you know what? This week I had a dream. I had a dream that I got the biggest anvil and everybody wanted to come and touch it. <laughs> and Brett sarcastically goes for all that all that blacksmithing that you do. And so it just went there like, like yeah. I said, yeah, I had a dream I had the biggest anvil and everybody wanted to come and touch it. So now, now it's like 22 hours, 24 hours later. And I get a message on my phone from my buddy Mike. We're in Cleveland. We're at this event. We're at the Spring Make event. And my buddy Mike, who's a picker here in Columbia County, sends me a picture of, of a blacksmith shop that's being liquidated. And he said, I go, how much for the anvil? And he goes, 1000 bucks." I said, how much does it weigh? He said, Four, 470 is what the guy's telling me. I said, 470-pound anvil? I said, I'll take it. He goes, cool. I'll pick it up for you. I'll bring it back to you next week. So yesterday was next week. So yesterday he comes over with the anvil, and he's backing down the, the lot. And Brett's like, that's bigger. That's bigger than 400 pounds. That's that's definitely bigger than 400. And then we get it all. We get it, and and there's no. We can't identify what it is. We don't know what the brand is. But I completely forgot about my dream. And then we're dragging the anvil off the truck, and we ratchet it up. And my buddy goes and gets his deer scale, and we put it. And the deer scale only goes to 550 pounds. And we put the deer scale in it, and it goes to 550 and goes back all the way past to 140. So now the thing's either like 690 pounds or 700 pounds. I wow. think we broke his we broke his deer scale. Like the minute I yanked on the chain, the thing wasn't even off of the pallet, and it just went. Bloop. We yanked it up, and I think I think we bottomed it out. So it's probably seven hundred pounds. And the whole time Mike's going, "Damn, I wish I, I wish I would have weighed the thing before I called." Is it? It's yeah. unfortunate that you don't know the weight because you had too much of a pussy scale to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got it in a situation where I could bring it right back under the gantry. I just got to get my buddy Chris has got the scale. You know, the whole, the hoist scale. He's got one that goes up to 2,000 pounds. And uh, that's, that's so awesome. then I, that sounds like a nice big anvil. And I said to Brett, I go, dude, remember that dream I had I told you about? My dream just came true. And I'm not, this is so bizarre. I'm not even making that up. I had that dream like three days before I got the text message. And now I have the anvil that everybody wants to come and touch. Okay. You're like Miss Cleo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> the woman of the late night. So I I don't know what to do. We got it. Brett's going to clean it up today. We can't find any markings on it. Andrew, you think it might be a Mexican anvil? Maybe uh, it, no. I it, it looks like okay. So John Brooks used to do anvils where the the uh, table was really close, right, to the face of the anvil, and you'll see on that anvil of yours like there's barely any space. Usually the cutting shelf is a lot lower. Right. So the fact that it's ringing the way it is and it looks the way it does, it could be a you know a John Brooks type anvil. Right on. And is that when do you think that might have been made? Like what era? Like what? window of time 1890s 1950s yeah 1940s 1930s something like that yeah yeah it definitely has a more of a modern feel to it and it's dinged and bent and chipped on every surface so somebody used every aspect of it to to hammer and bend against it well yeah all i see everyone's always just using the face of an anvil like you might as well turn it sideways and use all the other sides come on well, the bottom's yeah, perfectly flat. I was going to turn it upside down and just use the bottom just to annoy everybody. Yeah. No, what you need to do is just probably put it in the corner and don't bother with it. Yeah. Really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, you'd use it every day. No, I'd use it. Jimmy, did you I, show that in a? Uh, did you show that on Instagram in a story? Yeah, no, I showed it yesterday. No, yes, we always talk about stuff and, and never show it until later on. So like, no clue what we're talking about. And then later on, we'll accidentally just show it. Uh, no, no, no. I showed it in Instagram story yesterday. I did, I did. Okay, Adam, how'd you come up with A-Bomb 79? A-Bomb 79. I got to give, I got to give credit to A-Bomb to my friend, Joe Seifert at D&D Welding. This was years ago. He, uh, one day he called me A-Bomb. Because he, he nicknames everybody that he knows. Everybody. Every customer he has has a nickname. So we were, uh, this was back whenever we used to kind of hang out, you know, and uh, go and drink downtown. <laughs> but he, uh, one night he called me A-Bomb. He says, that's your nickname, A-Bomb. So it always stuck. And he always called me A-Bomb. And so I started using A-Bomb as the uh, the handles online, you know, like uh, email and uh, screen names and things like that. Except for a bomb, usually was always uh, it was already used up. You know, you try to make a username, and this one's already used. So yeah. I put seventy nine on the end of it because that's my birth year, and that's how a bomb seventy nine got created. So Very whenever, cool. whenever um, I started the YouTube channel, I, I decided to use a bomb seventy nine as as the channel name, and and it stuck. And and what's funny is that. Right after I started the YouTube channel and I, I saw that it was it was actually taking off a lot more than what I ever expected it was going to do. I thought that I should change the name to just my name, Adam Booth. And I right. had, I, I really had considered hard of changing it from A-Bomb 79 to Adam Booth, but I never did because I was afraid that I would mess something up. Yeah, so I, I know. So I just, you never mess with it. Once it's moving, you just leave yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm I just left way. it. And, uh, and I'm glad that I did because... Everybody that follows me just knows the the name you know, A Bomb Seventy Nine now. Yeah. So. Yep. So Adam, how how did you get started with YouTube? Like, what what was the motivation behind it? Yeah. I was sharing a lot of information and pictures online. I used to be pretty active on the Practical Machinist forum. This sure. goes this goes back to I think uh, you know 2010 2011 or so. And uh, I was pretty active on there. So this was back when I was working at our shop 
and uh, I used to take a lot of pictures of, of the daily work that was going on. A lot of those shafts that I was making for gearboxes and hydraulic parts and uh, whatever I was doing, marine parts. I think I was doing some prop shafts at the time. And I was sharing a lot of photos. And so as I was getting the shop set up in 2013 and where I'm at now in my home shop, that's whenever I kind of discovered uh, the GoPro cameras. You know, they were starting to become yeah. pretty popular. And so I decided to get one of those GoPro cameras. I was like, I want to see if I can take some video to share some of the machining instead of just the pictures. Because I always had yeah. an interest in like, you know, video cameras. I just, I'd never had a video camera until I bought that first GoPro. And uh, it took me about six months to actually use it and figure out how to uh, create a video with the computer. And uh, so once I'd figured out how to make a video and edit one, that's how it started. I, I put a couple, I put a couple of videos up on my YouTube channel, just showing some machining operations and uh, started getting a couple of views off of it. And then I decided I wanted to make an actual um, fully edited video. And I did and put it what up. What was that first one? When was that? It was, I want to say it was exactly six years to this month, May 2013. And wow. I believe it was, I believe it was the video. I'm trying to remember what I called it. It was uh, machining a hydraulic trunnion mount. It was actually a music video. So my first fully edited video was a music video. That, <laughs> oh, no kidding. Interesting. Yeah, it was a music video that I can't make any money on because I used uh, copyrighted music on. <laughs> nice. Oh, sure. Yeah, but it's a, um, it, it's always been a popular, high, highly viewed video. But that was the uh, that was the first one that I put up, and then after that, I, I learned that you can't use copyrighted music, mm -hmm. and um, and then just started. It just kind of took off from there, and it, it is it's evolved since then into what yeah. it is today. And you just recently went full time. You want to talk a little bit about the uh, the fears and uh, and nervousness of doing that? Because we all we've all been there where we decided to just like abandon everything else and just stick with the one thing we enjoy doing. Yeah. So, you know, I've been doing this now for uh, you know quite a few years. What you know, the YouTube thing, doing the content creation and enjoying my shop. And uh, before that, I was working for Motion Industries. I, I started working for them in 2009, and had a had a nice career with them you know i was the uh, head machinist there and uh, got to do a lot of big projects there and playing with so, your weapon <laughs> <laughs> sorry i didn't realize it was i'm just keeping busy sorry no uh, so it's like trying to herd cats with these two by the way <laughs> by the way jimmy's over there cycling rounds in his pistol like he's gonna yeah. start Shooting the neighbors or something. He's gone postal. Jimmy's over there playing with his guns. He's pulled bullets off of the sh Oh, dry fire. That's that's a good one. Yeah. I do it just to get the people upset with me. <laughs> All right. So, so, so wait. So, Adam, you were working. You weren't working in your family shop recently when you decided to go on your own. You left a different shop. I, I had left working for my dad full time in 09. And started working okay. for Motion in 09. But I was still working for Dad at that point, uh, part-time. You know, So I would, I would leave Motion. I would come home and work. And I did that for several years. So mm -hmm. up, in, up until about uh, 2013, that's when uh, Dad was ready to uh, – he was ready to retire and get out of the shop. And he wanted to sell the shop out 
or he wanted me to take it over and move it down to where I'm at now. So, and that's exactly what we did. So we kind of downsized. Oh, we, we sold the bigger machines to motion. They bought the, the horizontal boring mill and uh, a lathe and a mill. And then we sold our big Monarch lathe to uh, Gilbert Pump, which is here locally in uh, Fort Walton Beach. How big and was that Monarch? Was that it like was, an 18-foot it, it, one? It had a, a 12-foot centers and a, wow. it, it, a 30-inch swing. Wowzer. Yeah. And how much and did that weigh? I believe that one weighed 15,000 pounds. Wow. I want to say when they picked it up, it was like 15,000 pounds. They and didn't have it, a deer scale to weigh it? <laughs> they had a crane scale. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Oh, Adam, you're so matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are funny. How many guns do you have? <laughs> Where do you pull these guns out? This is another, this is a revolver. This is a 357 Magnum. Yeah, He's been over there cleaning them while we're talking. Yeah. It's a replica, you? by the way. It's a replica. Sure it is. No, it is. It is. Now um, everyone's no. going to get their guns out. <laughs> Andrew just walked away and came back. I know he's going to pull guns out. I know it. Uh-oh. Oh, God. <laughs> what this, is that, a 40 cal? Like, how does everyone have a gun? <laughs> this is a Spring, Springfield Micro Compact 45. Eric's oh. going to go get his now. Yeah. Eric has, if he you has think some... it's a fucking it's game? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Bring it on, you... He's this got is a Super pistol. Soaker 100 from 1990. Come on. <laughs> Uh-oh, what do we have there? Oh, God. This is a custom Robar 9mm made in Deer Park, New York. Look no at the size. Yeah. Deer Park is where we're going to be going in July. It's in that area. That's pretty. It's very expensive little gun. Beautiful. Like, I just I don't understand how everyone has guns. Is that a gun knife? Is that a gun knife? <laughs> He's holding up a gun knife. This is a knife that Chris Kyle designed and gave to me. Wow. It's meant to be held like this. For backward. I like that. That's a nice knife. Now. Oh, cool. That's dangerous looking. Is that is that so you can gut someone? Pretty much. <laughs> that's to cut the rust off of a machine. Yes. We I'll I'll get some photos for the Instagram account. <laughs> but yes, yeah, sorry, Adam. Continue. I was trying to remember where we were at. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's over there pulling out the uh, big guns now. Uh, we're just what talking about the big, the big machines that were sold. The uh, oh. yeah, so we we sold off some of the big machines, and then after that, we took what was left of the of the shop, which is what you see in my shop, and we moved the rest of the machines down to to my shop. And uh, I've added a lot to that since then. I've kind of grown it, grown it up, and and uh, bought a few machines since then, and. So around the the uh, 2013 mark is when we moved the shop down and I started working out of there. And, you know, of course, I was working you know, full time with motion. And so I was just doing the the uh, stuff at home on the side. It was sort of just a little side gig and it's always been a side gig. And then I was doing the uh, YouTube stuff, started doing that full time. <laughs> <laughs> That is so wicked, dude. That is so wicked. <laughs> so <We're>, unnecessary. 
We're, we're playing with gun barrels pointed right at the camera. Looks quite interesting. The only time you can point a gun right at someone's face and not have a problem with it. Into the camera. Jesus. I don't have Adam, my Remington have, handy. I'm sorry. What's up, Adam, I'm, so, I'm sorry. This is what it's like going to kindergarten with adults. Yeah. So in terms of uh, new large machine purchases, uh, what would be your next one that you want? I I actually want to get another big lathe. I just don't I don't have a good place for it right now. If I had to shove one in my shop, it, it would just I would have no room in there. I wouldn't be able to load it. You know, there would be no room for the gantry, no room for the table that's in there. Uh, but that's what I want is another big lathe, probably about the size that I had that Monarch. I'd like something with at least 25 to 30 inch swing with what 12 wow. foot centers. Wow. wow, and you need a huge. What do you? What? How big is the lathe you have now? Well, right now, tell everybody what, uh, what you're using now. The the I have two lathes. So one of them is a Monarch uh, 16CY, and it'll it'll swing. It's a 16 inch swing, but it'll actually swing 18 inches, and I believe it's 54 inch centers. And uh, the the Victor lathe next to it is a uh, is about the same size. It's a 1660, so 16 inch swing, six, uh, 60 inch centers. And those are those are the two lays that I have right now. Right on. Andrew, and Andrew's, Andrew's playing with his mic. I'm not sure what he's doing. So can you make substantially more money with a substantially larger lathe? I think that you can, yes, especially if you have if you have the ability, you know, and know how to uh, to put that machine to work. Well, There's, you definitely have the you definitely have that for sure. So. There, I'm just curious, like, if you had something that swings 18 inches and you got something that swings 40 inches, yeah, is the money you can make with the 40-inch swing way more substantial than, you know, the smaller one? It can be. It really, it really depends on what you got in the shop. You know, sometimes you have parts that are just, that are just a uh, large swing that you need, yeah. you need that large swing to be able to get in there to do some facing or boring. It's not necessarily a... A, uh, a long piece that you've got to machine, but mm. just something that's big that you got to turn so you can get in there and do a boring or, or face feature on it. Uh, but yeah. the the advantage of having one of the long lays is for also doing uh, big cylinder work or uh, rollers. So there's a lot of places in town that have those large rollers, the, the linen and the paper companies. Mm -hmm. And there's not many people around that have a long bed laid to be able to do those repairs. So I've hmm. done quite a few of those in uh, in my career time, and you know I did quite a few of those when I was at Motion. Hmm. Okay, let's Let talk me... about Motion for a minute. When when you left Motion, or when you were thinking about leaving Motion, what what was it that helped you make that decision? Because I see a lot of people these days who are on YouTube that are kind of trying to to make that transition of you know working for the man versus being the man in charge. So how how did you get from kind of point A to point B there? I've actually had a lot of inspiration from other people out there over the years. Uh, you know, the past past couple years, listening to uh, some of the other podcasts out there. Like, uh, you know, one of the ones I really enjoy listening to also is the Welding Tips and Tricks podcast. Sure, right. And, Jody's uh, great. Yeah, listening to those guys like Jody and all of them talk about uh, stepping out on your own, and and you know, there's a lot of a lot of the guys they've had on, they might be welders, but they're in the same boat. They yep. 
they work for somebody and they have aspirations to get out and work for themselves. So I've had a lot of motivation by uh, listening to others and listening to the advice of others. And Andrew, you were one of them as well. You know, you gave Mm. me a lot of advice out there. And uh, Jimmy, you know, you've been Mm -hmm. you've been very inspiring, too. You know, with with everything that you do. Um, And then there's Eric. (laughs) Eric. I also (laughs) exist. Yes. (laughs) But I've, <laughs> I've always wanted to be able to come back home and, and work for myself. And, and that's what I was working hard to try to be able to do. And I just, I thought about it for a long time. I'd say all of last year, I was, I was thinking very hard about uh, stepping away from the corporate world and trying to uh, make, it, make, make it at home and working for myself. And when I was, uh, you know, Abby and I were on vacation during the, uh, Christmas, New Year's time. And, uh, she, she gives me a lot of support and motivation as well. And she told me that, that I should just do it, just uh, stop thinking about it and just do it. And she's got my back. And uh, even if there's going to be tough times ahead, she's still going to be here to support me, you know, until things get rolling and and things get moving and, and everything. The the bottom, the, the bottom line is too, you got to trust you have a skill that is, that is so sought after in this world, especially industry in and around your area in the South, you could always just, I always say pat in the bushes. That's what I call it. Pat in the bushes. Yeah. Just put some yeah. feelers out there, get some side work. And you know, your side work I'm sure is very profitable. It's not yeah. like, you know, putting up a bathroom wall. It's different. It's a very specialized situation where, yeah. you know, what especially if you pat in the bushes mean, pat in I the say, bushes, like get a patent for the bushes or no, no, no. You go out I, I don't know where I got that from. Maybe I made it up. It just basically means just going out and like kicking up dust and putting some checking, checking the bushes for this is like the jobs. text messages I get from Jimmy every day. Like you don't really know what they mean or what he's trying no. to say. No, no one knows. <laughs> so for anybody that's out there that's wanting to like do their own thing, just start patting the bushes. Okay. That's it. Pat you got to It's more output is more input, but like, Every once in a while, like things are going good. You're doing your own thing. You're getting you're getting business. You're making your own products, maybe, or you know your, your video's doing well. You're getting some you're getting some uh, good advertising money. And then once in a while, you're in a lull. You're in a lull, and you're like, oh. And so then that's when you reach out to your friends that know people, and you reach out to people that you used to work for, and you say, hey, I'm available if you got any work coming up. And then that's what you yeah. just kind of kickstart it. You kick you pat the bushes. Yeah, pat the bushes. So it's kind of like patting the dog. Yeah, right. you know, like when you pat, you know, when you pat, pat a dog and dust, dust comes off him. You pat the yeah. dog and dust. Yeah, that dust is is future does, work. Does your dog not move? <laughs> no, he's rolling oh. in the mud. Is it a what stuffed kind of, dog? What kind of bush is it that you patent? Because if you patent the rose bush, you're gonna get stuck. Well, those aren't the bushes you patent. Those, those where all like the bad clients are in the hiding in the that's, rose bushes. There's, that's where the metaphor falls apart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or it sticks together, one or the other. Oh. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, you got to, you just, uh, while you're, if you're going to go out on your own, you just got to be willing to, to, to take the good with the bad. And then when it's bad, you got to know when to transition and to, like I said, just go out there and just do more output and you get more input. That's basically well, what I think. I've been on both sides of those equations. I mean, th- that is, there's nothing more true than the fact that life is not always going to be like just hunky dory, okay? Every day you're going to get fireballs thrown at you. And it's all about how you react to those fireballs more so than it is how you act during the day. Right. Absolutely. I believe just like like right now I had a customer at the door. I had to run them off. 
<laughs> I, oh, I was like, no. I, I was like, I got a podcast, man. I, you got to come back later. <laughs> okay, well, maybe the priority was wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a he's a repeat. He, I just said, hey, I'm in the middle of a podcast. You think you could come back this afternoon? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, now, it's, like, it's not like I got right sign, now. He's at the competition right now holding a piece of steel going, can you make this into a gear for me? My other guy was busy talking but, to two morons. But my other guy was on a podcast. Jimmy, you were, uh, you know, you're right, though. Whenever I was uh, considering stepping away, you know, I know that I have a skill and I, I have a work work ethic. So even <laughs> if things were so tough for me that I wasn't making money here at my shop, I can go back to motion and get my job there. I can go down the road to any of the other shops here in town and get a job there if I needed to earn an income. So, and then the other thing too, is you're bringing with you now, you're bringing with you credibility online and people will know, like you're going to go, if let's say for some reason you want to do a six month stint at any one of these shops, you have your audience, you have your advertisers now that you pull with you and those people will welcome you because you're going to bring a good energy to the shop. Yeah. So, yeah. So it just builds on top of itself. And, you know, in the, the fact there's another there's another thing to be said for all of us that do this YouTube thing. You know, we bring a certain energy that we command, like uh, without sounding like a jerk, we command a certain level of respect that people will be like, oh, oh, you know, so they, they look at you with a different with a different through a different lens when you come in for a job or you come in for, you know, some some work or whatever. You know? Yeah. Then there's always male prostitution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, what I'd, I'd sell my body in a second. Uh, <laughs> we know already, Eric. Like in the dead of winter, Eric, all he can think about is selling his body for something yeah. warm. You don't know what I got on under that thick coat. No, it's another thick coat of hair. It's a yeah, secondary it's thick coat. <laughs> yeah, it's like a sharp blanket of of wool. Yes. Eric, do you have uh, do you have hairy shoulders like to the top? Do you have hair on the top of oh your shoulders? Oh my god, Jimmy, are you shitting me right now? Oh no. no. Oh no, he doesn't. <laughs> I, I don't have a hairy back. I don't have You don't have a sweater? A dis- I don't not a disgusting gorilla is your, man. Is your anus hairy? Is my <laughs> I mean, anus hairy? I don't know. I haven't looked this out. You might have to edit this out. I have I need, I would need a series of mirrors. No, you don't have to just put one on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. From experience, like so, you've done this. Yeah, I had a tick on my anus one time. A tick? <laughs> How did it get all the way there? Crawled, dude. It crawled. Why yeah. do Why do ticks always want to go to the most inconspicuous, annoying spots? Why don't they just like plant down like on your shoulder so you can just grab it? It's always like in the middle of your back or like everywhere else that you can't reach. Yet. Snaking. It's where the softest skin is. Oh my god! In my butthole. I can't say oh. that I've had tick problems before. <laughs> you haven't? No. He's in crab country, boys. He ain't in tick country. One time, oh, you guys a crab in my shirt. You want to hear a crazy story? It's a crazy tick story. Well, I did a TV show called Blog Cabin, and we did it in Tennessee. On uh, uh, there's a in near Knoxville. There's a big uh, there's like a dam system, and we were in Was one of the. Was this a murder mystery? No, no, no. Uh, Blog Cabin is a show about uh, where people would write in and 
on a blog and say, oh, make the bathroom this color. And so the most votes and that's what the show would go in that direction. And it was a bunch of different guests. Every week there was a guest. So one time we were there and it was just going into the summer. It was like a springtime. And we're we're there on uh, Watts Bar Lake is what it was. It was created by a big dam. And it it was all these beautiful country homes. And we were building one of the homes. And I I was just there for the week. And then I noticed, I'm like, hmm what the hell is that little black spot? I'm like, oh, that's a tick on my arm. And I pulled the tick off. And then I said to somebody else, like, oh, I just got a tick on me. And then somebody's like, oh, I got a tick on me. And then within a few minutes, there were ticks on everybody. They were falling out of the trees. Everybody was like shaking their clothes out. Oh, good. There was a, so there's like a tick infestation. We were under a, hundreds of beautiful oh, no. giant pine trees. And somebody said, oh, yeah, they fall out of the trees. So they were like raining down on us. Are you sure the producers didn't do this? Disgusting. No, and then everybody was going because it was like a construction site. Everybody was going in the porta potty, coming out, going, "Found one, got another one, found uh-huh. one." So it was pretty crazy. And at that night at the hotel, I found one. On your. Uh, I might. I needed. I needed a mirror on the floor to find it, and I found. Oh it. God. Oh, hey. Get <laughs> <laughs> on the news. No, it was in my upper thigh area. Had, hadn't yet hadn't yet planted uh hadn't yet put down stakes so i was able oh, to okay. just throw them away. so yes. adam i got a question for you what is different from the very first youtube that you ever put up versus the very most recent youtube the very first uh, youtube video was just a simple you know i i set the camera on the tailstock of the lathe and hit record and in that video, I just uploaded it. So it was, I believe it was the one where I was just drilling a piece of material. Right. right? So the most recent video was the, let's see, the most recent one was the uh, the Wilton Vice Handle that I collaborated with uh, Scott, you know, Essential Craftsman. So uh, I machine, helped him machine that Vice Handle. So I, you know, try to do a fully edited video and I always try to keep it, somewhat educational so that the viewers are you know getting not only getting some entertainment out of it that hopefully they're they're learning some machining aspects of it as well you know tips and tricks uh tools to use you know how to how to operate the machines and things like that and i, I try to create a nice enjoyable edit my my videos are known for you know long run videos i don't make uh short videos most of mine are usually around half hour or so. Yeah. Um, I think Keith Fenner's got you beat there. Keith just turns the camera on and then goes to sleep and wakes up, comes back and turns it <laughs> off. <laughs> I've seen some of his are like, I don't know, hour and a half long. Oh my God. That's insane. That, the vice handle that you did is very cool. I thought it was awesome. Thanks, man. <clears throat> I broke Scott's heart yesterday. I heard you talking about him offering something. So are you going to tell us? Well, he, so yesterday, if you followed my my uh, Instagram story, you'd see. We got to dig I, into that. We got to dig into that crazy. I, story. I haven't watched y'all's it. Instagram stories from yesterday. I was so busy yesterday. I wasn't on Instagram. Oh my God, you missed I'll it. Sorry. You, uh, I yeah, know I, that you were. I know that you were moving the uh, the big power hammer. Yes. Uh, I, so Scott really wanted that hammer, but he just couldn't come to terms with owning it. So. I sent him a picture of me standing beside it with a big old smile on my face, and he wrote, wrote back that I broke his heart. And I, <laughs> I wrote back, to him, Scott, you can't have a broken heart over material things, man. He's yeah. like, actually, oh, you're right. You're right. 
But he wanted that hammer so bad. <laughs> Where bad. is that hammer right now? Is it still on the truck, or did you offload it into your lot? No, no, it's in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, you're sending it somewhere? Somebody bought it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right on. So that do so. Just That's the one that you that had have, to pull up through the roof. Yeah. Yep. So Andrew bought a power hammer and he lifted it up through the roof of the shop. And where was that shop? It was in. Uh, uh, it was in Canton, Texas. So it was near you. It was in the vicinity of where you live. Yeah, it's about an hour from me. It was a Chambersburg 500, weighed 22,000 pounds actually at the end of the day. Right. And we had to take the roof off the building to get to it. So I had a rotator come in, a 60-ton rotator, and uh, they just hoisted it right out and back the 18-wheeler underneath it and then strap her down and away you go. It's so actually, now, both of those trucks follow the machine and then unload it where it's going? No, just just the 18-wheeler. The and then at the destination, they'll have another one there waiting to offload it. So wow. you sent it to Montgomery, Alabama? You had a buyer there? Yes, that's correct. Okay. What did the straps even do at that point? <laughs> which, which straps are you talking about? Just strapping it to the 18-wheeler. It was actually chains. We used a 12,000-pound hold chains. Yeah, okay. Three of them, so. I think that's the same power hammer or same size power hammer that I recently saw when I was, uh, where was I at? I was up at the uh, at the railroad museum. Yeah, that's, mm. that's amazing. You know, the anvil and sal- the sow block sits subsurface four and a half feet on that hammer. Saw that. I mean, that's just, it's so cool. So yeah. cool. That's insane. So, so did you, you know, you had to take the roof off. So do you hire a roofing crew to help you do that job to take the roof off and then put it back on? Or do you just do all that by yourself? Typically, I just do it by myself. But, and I say typically, like I do this every day, but you know, in the few times that I have pulled, had to pull the roof off of a building, I've done it myself, but the weather here was so bad yesterday that the night before I called the guy and I said, Hey, if I could pay somebody that's around you to pull, go ahead and pull the roof off and tarp it. That way we don't have to mess around with it when I get there. And he's like, yeah, we can do that. And it was funny. I get there and they're still working on it. And it was his wife that he sent up there that I paid to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Keep it in the family. Yeah. So let me, Andrew, just to delve into this a second, how, how long had that machine been in its, in its resting place before you took it yesterday? 20 years. Yeah. Well, that's not so long. So it's, it's a crazy story. So the guy I bought it from, he bought it for an employee of his to use. Okay. When they got it installed, that employee went to prison. Oh, cool. <laughs> so it never got used. So he bought it and it just sat there unused for all these years. Like it's and not you like you could it? just you, you hire sure four people. Yeah, I ran it and there's a uh, there's uh, videos on YouTube of it running too. I mean, uh, the, it's a great hammer. It's in you know amazing so, condition. He ran it just not like in a production type format, if you will. What year was that machine made? That's correct. What year? What year was it made? <laughs> That's know? right. No, I, <laughs> is that secret? <laughs> No, I, I just didn't know. So I just, that was my. Oh. Was that made in like 1960, 1950? Or? 
That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he doesn't know. All right. What yep. about the guy that bought her or whoever, whoever bought her? Are they, uh, are they a blacksmith? Are they going to be using it to, are they going to be sharing it on Instagram or, or are we going to see any more of it? Apple that's cider a, maker. Yeah, no, that's a TBD to be determined. I, okay. I just recently got to know the guy. Yes, he does have, uh, uh, some social media things, but I'll ask him what his intentions are and, and make that announcement. I don't want to, I don't want to be a spoiler alert for mm. something that he may be fixing to PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I got a question for He's you. He's so. down some bushes over there somewhere. That guy. <laughs> just as a little PSA, the reason I don't know much about that hammer is because my life has been revolving around mechanical hammers. I don't yeah. delve off very far into the air hammer world. The reason I got that hammer is because I wanted two other hammers that were in that shop. So I had to buy all three to get the two I wanted. Yeah. That's the same type of hammer that a Scott has, correct? He has a Chamberberg, yes. Yeah. Okay, because I, I shared his video in uh, my uh, Saturday night special of him forging that vice handle. And it looked like the same type of anvil, or uh, I'm sorry, power hammer. I just uh, didn't know if it was the same size or, or what. It's I think his is a 200 pounder, which is a lot smaller, but I, I don't remember if his is a self-contained or if it's an air hammer. I heard, uh, well, I actually read uh, several comments that, uh, saying that it was a uh, air hammer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a totally different, it's made by the same company, but ultimately a different, you know, style of hammer, if you will. His would have been steam operated back in the day. Okay. Mm -hmm. How does, uh, Jesse James has a Chambersburg, right? His is a self-contained, yeah. His he's got a, a thousand pounder. Wowzer! Oh so whenever you when you talk about the uh, weight of a power hammer, so that's just the that's going to be able to apply uh, different amounts of force whenever you're when you're hammering a piece of steel. Yes, in a roundabout way. So so like that was a five hundred pound Chambersburg, and what that's referring to is the weight of the ram. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And nice. on the Chambersburg, it's the weight of the ram without the anvil attached to it. Okay, so if you're using one of, say, one of your little giant, you, you're, a lot of the ones you work on are, aren't they, uh, like, 25 or 50 pound? Yeah, 25, 50, 100, you know. So you're going to, that that's for a different size uh, workpiece versus going to a 500 pounder? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a like a twenty five pound little giant's rated to work with a two inch round billet of steel. Okay. You know, the fifty is a three. And it gets bigger and bigger. The the weight is if you want to think about it like this, like if I say it's a twenty five pound little giant, it would be the same thing as you taking a twenty five pound sledgehammer or twenty five pound, mm. you know, forging hammer and, you know, making a repetitive motion on a piece of steel. Fifty mm. the same way, hundred, two fifty, five hundred. Now, who might have been to buy 45? Jimmy, do you have any of those in your shop? A power hammer? I I have a, uh, uh, what, what is the type of power Fairbanks. hammer? Fairbanks. I have a Fairbanks power hammer. It just escaped my mind, which I restored and got back in order. I bought it about two years ago in about, yeah, about a year. Yeah, but did you restore it, though? Oh, well, I got, it in, I, I, got, <laughs> <laughs> I got it in working order. I got it basically with the frame. 
and the the sow block in a box of parts. And I was able to machine, you know, much from what I learned from watching you guys, I was able to machine some of the, the, the bushings and get it back in order. It was all really, all the parts were really wobbly and worn out just from over years of use. The machine I got hadn't been used in approximately 30 years. So it had been taken apart to be restored and never restored. And all the parts were just sitting next to it in this guy's shop. So when I picked it up and brought it here, it took me about a year to get it in order. And now it works, but it doesn't work well. And uh, I need to get new dies for it. I need to get the dies made. It's something I've been kind of slacking on. Adam, I'm going to be going over to Jimmy's on July the 10th, and it will be working well when I leave. Yeah. <laughs> are we going to see a full rebuild? I don't Just, know. I mean, if he videos it, I won't, but yeah. Also, I'm, Jimmy, I will be working on it for sure with, with the um, same hairy ass over there. Yeah, Harry has just got the same exact hammer. Eric, yes. Eric, you have the same one? I have the same one. So if I need to make dies, I could make two dies. Oh, yes. Because I already, I already need the, the linkage arms from you. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is like uh, divine intervention. Jimmy, yeah. this is what you've been waiting on, buddy. What? Eric's got one. Now you get dies for free. That's it. <laughs> yes, it's only like – it's probably – Perfect scenario. Like Jimmy owns a power hammer and he was never going to use it until someone gave him a free set of dies. Well, it probably <laughs> won't be free. <laughs> well, no, don't because... I, I'll pay for it. I want him to get free stuff. <laughs> the dies so what, so what are these dies scheduled to be made? Yeah, the dies will probably be a thousand bucks is my yeah. guess. Are you going to make the combo dies with like the, the sloped up size like you see in the old catalog? The same ones? Uh, no, no, maybe. Yeah, I got to say, there's the... The, the, the combo dies that I've seen in most of them, it's got a little flat and then obviously a little, like a little rounding die and they're together and they have, uh, the dies that came with the machine weren't the original ones. So the one I, I can use it, but it doesn't work well. Every time you hammer something, it squishes it like off square and, and it, it, you got to really get into it to figure out how to use it. And I haven't had enough experience with it. And then when, uh, Mount Phillips looked at it and right away, he said, your dies are too small, which is partly why my arm hit the frame. So my, I cracked one of the arms cause it was hitting the frame too close. So that's a repair I have to do. I mean, it still works. It just has a little stress crack in it, which is probably not safe to use until I fix it. But I, no, I have all I the, need, I, have uh, a, I still need the arm. Oh, I have the arms. Yeah, they're sitting in the shop. So need they them. need to be forged and bent and changed shape. They're, they're plasma cut, one inch thick steel. And the guy who was going to do the res restoration before me was going to remake them for some reason because my arms seem fine. But I have the, the blanks in preparation to change, you know, to, yes. to forge it, with the right shape. So and they're yours. this project is going to be crazy because there's so uh, much to do. Well, I'll get the material from you. Um, I want to go, uh, to Montana, uh, with Will and Alec to forge oh, them into oh. the arm shape. Right. And then, and then Adam here is, uh, machining the pitman. Oh, wow. From the well, rough. I got, I got my if machine. I, if I ever send any them. measurements, I need some prints to be able to machine that by the way. <laughs> but you know what? L listen. I, I, I heard about I, the print. I, I heard about it. I was talking to a guy. Uh, I wish I remembered his name. I got to Google my email. I promised him I was going to send him measurements on it, and I flaked because I started traveling. So if he listens to this, I apologize. I have your email. I can research it. He wanted some very specific measurements because he's also restoring at Fairbanks. Oh, really? And his Fairbanks is in pretty bad condition because he needed certain measurements off of mine. Oh, look at those drawings. 
Yep. Okay. That's uh, the 1920 whatever. I'll get you, you know, here for the rest of the machining. I'll get it to you, Adam. Don't worry. <laughs> Wait, just waiting on you, man. Don't worry. I got plenty to do. And uh, yeah, so I owe that gentleman. I got to research. And then once I make all those measurements, if you guys need them, of course, they'll be available for everybody. But uh, that... wow. Eric... Yeah, so that's the that's the part. That's the part that I have. Pardon, Jimmy? You're finding all those drawings online? No. Uh, if you remember when I bought this power hammer. Oh, it came with them. It had all the original documents from the 1920s. Unbelievable. Specifically January 1921. So, yes, I will send you the goods. Adam, are you ready to cream your pants? Look at this. <laughs> what is that? What is that, Alista? Look at the price. Look at that. Tool drawer. Wow. 200. Wow. 200 bucks for two local? of them. Yeah, is that from Ikea? Oh, yeah, it's from Ikea, everybody. It <laughs> it's from Princess freaking Ikea. I can't believe you just said that. I want to smash your gut. Andrew's it over there like shopping while we're doing a podcast. <laughs> no, this guy just sent me this. I'm like, I'm like trembling in my pants. He just put a list of tool cabinet up for $200, wow. which they typically sell for like a thousand. I'm just trembling over here. I just wrote him. I'm like, I, I, I'll take it. I'll, I got to give you the money now. <laughs> He's over there sending PayPal as we speak. Yeah. That's a good purchase, man. That's a good price. Let's see if I can Adam, go. can I can I ask you uh, the the uh, a question? What is it? When when will you do you have you ever seen seed? We first met when we were at Saunders place, which is like the the uh, the holy grail of of CNCing as far as YouTube goes. His place yeah. has got everything as far as he got. How many Haas machines does he have now? It seems like he's got five of them. Uh, I know he just added two more. I think he's got three now. Three Haas. Yeah. I'm pretty Andy. sure, but um, so you when don't am do I... any of that. You don't do any of that, do you? No, I I don't. You know, I feel like I'm um <laughs> falling behind everybody, but I need to I need to learn that I really do, and it's been it's one of the it's one of the things that I want to uh, learn how to do. You know, since I'm going out on my own, I want to start learning to do uh, CAD and CAD and CAM, and I really want to uh, take the class up there at John's. Up, uh, yeah, I've, took, I've taken it twice, and I'm thinking about taking it again just to get a brusher, brusher recourse, brush up. Yeah, I, so I do plan on taking the class. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> Someone just woke up because I stuttered. <laughs> a brusher course. I just, so I like just going back to the whole text thing. Like, I need to go take a brusher course. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you sure do, buddy. All I can tell you, is you sure do. A brush up. Meanwhile, I'll be over there taking a fiddle fart. Of course. <laughs> Adam, do you do fusion at all? Anything? I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I need to. I really need to learn that, you know, and I I, I had a couple of conversations with uh, with John uh, sometime back uh, about that, you know, and he told me, he says, dude, just learn fusion. He says that's 90 percent of it. He says, you already know how to do machining. He says, once you figure out fusion, you're, you're going to be great at it. So, yeah, uh, I, I really need to sit down and learn how to how to do that but i do plan on taking the class and i think it's going to be a lot of fun so it's just a matter of trying to figure out a, a good time in my schedule to like maybe set a week back and uh, go up there and take the first class mm -hmm. and start learning how to do that and i think once i start figuring that stuff out then we might be able to consider some type of cnc machining in my future 
Yeah. I, but, uh, just but, to give but, you some tips, when I, the beginning of this year, I said, I'm going to learn fusion. And I kind of stepped away from it for a minute. But <laughs> the cabinet is now sold. <laughs> that IKEA cabinet. tool cabinet is now sold. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say was what helped me, and I've been dabbling with fusion for a few years now. But I said at the beginning of this year, I'm going to make it a point to learn it. I went through the step-by-step process on their website. I was like, you know what? They own the software. They're the ones educating the public about it. Let me go through their steps. And I did that. And it's like a, there's, there's a whole series of steps. And I did that. And that was great. It, it cleared up a lot of mystery for me where I was, you know, I was playing in the dark, figuring out things without anybody's assistance. And uh, by going through that course, it connected all those, those loose ends that I had. So that's just a little tip for you. Just, yeah. just to follow on the Autodesk website and go through the Fusion tutorial. It's just, just, it's just taking the time, spending the time to actually yep. do it. You know, I, I, I keep busy with my daily life and my shop sure. and my videos and my editing and uh chasing vices looking at yep. power hammers <laughs> is that yeah. where it is now andrew show yeah up. you got it new power hammer is home is what he said awesome but uh i i do look i do think that it's going to happen eventually jimmy yeah you know and i've, yeah. I've had uh there it, it's funny the word got to me that that the uh, students that go to john's training class there that a lot of them ask about a bomb 79, if he's going to learn CNC machining. <laughs> so I think, I think it's going to happen one day, but you know, I feel like manual machining is what I'm good at. You know, a job shop repair is what I yeah. feel like I'm good at. And uh, so it's what I enjoy doing. It's, it's what I uh, grew up doing in the shop is just repair work and job shopping. So it's what I know. It's what I like. And it's the content that I enjoy sharing as well. So that's yeah. what I'm going to keep doing for now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it I it overtook me. I I I looked at CNC machining and I was like, I'm never going to need to do that. Honestly, I I, I was too afraid to confront the software and everything. It, it's it's obviously a lot simpler just running a regular wood CNC than it is to do in you know three and four dimensions, but it it, it overtook me and I got the bug and you know it's a fast learning curve when you want it. So yeah, you've got you've got a. Did you just say machining oh. in the fourth dimension? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Check. <laughs> Fourth axis. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a Tormach, and, and I I haven't used it as much as I should have, but it, it is there when I need it. And just the other night, I had to dismantle it because the water well guys are here. They had to get into my water well, so I had to take it apart. So I'm going to reassemble it in a different location. So for the moment, well, it's it's out why, of commission. Why did you have to reassemble it? Was it was it on top of your water well? It was. It was on top of the <laughs> hole in my ground. <laughs> Taylor said to me the other night, she's like, oh, the water well guys are coming here. I'll tell you a funny story about the water well guys. So the water well guys, Taylor says, was, I think it was Wednesday night. She's like, they're coming tomorrow morning, which was that yesterday morning? Anyway, whatever. The night before last, she says, the water well guys are coming. You got to make sure they can open up the floor. So I went out there and I was like, oh, the front two feet of the tarmac are on the water well hole. So I had a, they're going to weld and do all kinds of work. So I had to take the whole entire piece of floor section out. It's a concrete floor with a with a vault, and the water well's in the vault, and it's a wooden floor. So I had to pull a whole wooden floor up. <clears throat> so the next day, the water Taylor's dealing with the water well guys, and the water well guys show up, and the guy's looking, and he's like, "I." <laughs> right away, he's this is talk about like hiring professionals. The guy shows up, and there's two guys down in the pit, which is about six feet deep, and they look up at me and they go, "You got a flashlight on you?" I go, so I hand him my flashlight. 
and they're fiddling around. And right away, they're like, never seen anything like this. Yeah, because it had <laughs> saliva all over it. <laughs> yeah. No, never, never seen like out, up here. The average age of the oh, house you're talking like about the water well. I thought you were talking about yeah. this slide. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. The, so I immediately felt like I was getting set up. They're like, never seen all. Like, I'm, first off, I'm annoyed that they hadn't brought their own flashlights. These two like repair guys, they don't have a flashlight in their pocket. Next thing, guys, you got a tape measure? You got a tape measure? I'm like, you know, so I crawl across the corner of the hole and open up the box. And That's super annoying when a, when a pro oh. is asking you for for tools. Yeah, a pro in air quotes. because yeah. And then the guy goes, you know, it's not often that I try and sell somebody on a new water well. And right away, tells like, okay, what do we got to do to do a new, new water well? And I was like, He's like, yeah. no, well, we, what is, I go, a new water well opens an entire can of worms that's going to cost fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. I go, I already have water and I could just go and buy a Poland spring thing and everything will be fine. But the water is brown. So that's what we're trying to solve that problem. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just a slight, slight issue. It's a slight issue. So we're trying to raise the cap up. But the guy goes, I've, ne I, I, I've never seen anything where the, the cap is sitting on stone because there's a hole drilled through a piece of cement. And the guy just – and I said to the – after like 15 minutes of this, I said, I started getting heated. You know, like when you're talking to somebody and things go south inside your emotional mind and you're like, this is not going the way I want to go. I just said, can we start saying something positive? I go, because since you've been here, all you keep saying is this could happen and that could happen and a rock could fall down the well and then the well won't go back and the pump – I said, dude, you better start saying something positive. I said, because all I keep hearing is negativity. I go, if you're a problem solver and you're a professional problem solver, start solving problems instead of creating them. And then I said, I got to go. And I turned and I walked out because I had to go somewhere. And then I called Taylor and I said, get rid of those guys. I said, get them the F out of there. I said, get a second opinion. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, we're not building a new well because this guy doesn't know how to attach something to a piece of wet concrete. I go, there's a million solutions to uh, to put a flange pipe on a piece of concrete. And uh, anyway, so she called the other guys and the other guys showed up and, and I didn't hear one negative thing. And I don't know. She she had two quotes. And the second guy showed up and they go, all right, yeah, all right. We just guess this is a little unusual, but we'll figure this out. And that was all I needed to hear. And he had his own flashlight. He walked up with his own flashlight in his hand. Amazing. So. That's it's just great. the difference. It's just the difference of like these little things. And this, it goes back to something I heard many, many years ago that if you had an interview with Walt Disney, and I've heard this by, from a few people. Did you guys ever hear this? If you had an interview with Walt Disney, he would like kind of fiddle at his desk and pretend like he, he's like, do you have a pocket knife on you? I just need to like do this thing. And if you didn't have a pocket knife on you, you most likely wouldn't get hired because you weren't ready to solve problems. And no, it, because he it. because he was a serial stabber. Yeah. So <laughs> Andrew's unfortunately not listening to this. He's busy buying and selling power hammers on his phone. <laughs> He's over there but making deals. His headset's off, so he must have a serious problem. He just went from pulling one ear back, listening, to taking it completely off. Something something broke. <laughs> a power hammer fell off a truck. Life. So did you did you hire those guys to uh, fix your well? Yeah, they're out there right now. They're out there oh, okay. right now. Yeah, and one yeah, guy's cool. got a nice sense of humor, so he's like keeping it light, and the other two guys are dead serious, but they're they're focusing on the problem. And they came with like scrap metal and everything. They're like, one of these things will solve the problem. We had to basically attach like a six-inch pipe to raise the cap of the well up above the puddle in the bottom, and yeah. uh, it's sitting on a piece of concrete with a hole in it. And uh, so anyway, they 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 figured out how to solve the problem without 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 any negative tone. Great. So the first guys, like I said, they just kept thinking, oh. 
And when he said, what if a rock falls down the well, then we can't get the pump back in the hole? He goes, that's not going to be my responsibility. And I was just like, I said to Taylor, I said, I go, I'm going to Albany. I'll see you later. And I called 10 minutes later. I said, get out of the room. She got out of the room. She, I started screaming. I said, get rid of those guys. So anyway, so that's just the thing. That's just the thing where, you know, you just got to be professional at all costs. I hear you, man. You know, I've, I've, I've hired a few guys to uh, some do, do some things around here for me. And unfortunately, I've had I've had a couple of bad issues, you know, finding the wrong people, just yeah. like you were talking about that first guy. But when you find the right guys, I always feel it's well worth the labor that they uh, charge you to do the job right. Uh, yeah. Just like just like yesterday, I had a crew come in and, and do the trees. You know, I don't want to I don't want to mess with that stuff. You know, they come nope. in, they've got the they've got the crane, they've got the uh, the, the 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 chipper and mm-hmm. a crew of guys and they know how to get up in there and cut the trees and lower them down without dropping them on your roof and, and getting them out of there. So they came in and, uh, and did a, a good job and got it done for me. So now I've got my property line cleaned out and also my power line that goes from the uh, transformer down to the uh, shop that supplies the shop power. It was like, it was right through the middle of that big tree. And I was worried that it was eventually going to get pulled or broken. So mm-hmm. I had all that cleaned out. It, did that yesterday. Andrew, you were on the phone a second ago, but uh, I heard this old myth. Can you hear me? You're on mute, I think. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. I was doing so, a deal for that toolbox. I did get it. <laughs> so Buying and selling tools during the podcast. No, dude, the guy was like, his company was like, oh, yeah, they replaced their, all their toolboxes with bigger ones, so they threw these away. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, did you ask him if he had any more? He had four of them. You buy them but, all? I would have, but he sold three already. So I said, well, I'll take the last one yeah, if you deliver it. So, deliver Andrew, it. have you ever heard You ever heard this when uh, uh, Walt Disney would interview people? He would kind of say, hey, he would be in the middle of an interview with somebody he's going to potentially hire for whatever reason. And he'd say, do you happen to have a pocket knife on you? I have to open this letter. Or you just make up some, some bullshit reason, ask for a pocket knife. And if the guy didn't have a pocket knife, he wouldn't get hired because he's oh. the type of guy that's not ready for action at any given moment. Dude, I am I am so much like that, totally yep. like that. I I'm totally like, if you don't have the tools to be successful, then I don't want to be around you, really. Jimmy, whenever you go to interview a guy, do you ask him if they've got an ice pick on him? <laughs> no, well, it's usually somebody that that's like uh, that's that's somebody that knows and likes me, so they show up with all the the bullshit that I carry. <laughs> okay. By the way, thanks for the ice pick you give me with the uh, the sign. Oh, cool. Oh, so cool, I've bro. got I've actually got two ice picks now i don't know if you remember you gave me one before uh, but i did give you the little one this time right uh no you gave me the regular one oh no the first one you gave me is whenever i saw you up at john saunders place and yeah. i believe it was the it was the batch that you had made overseas oh, and, oh good uh, so now you got was, a good one that was suck. and then and uh but i've just got that in my little display case you know because it was like oh jimmy dressed to give me this so i'm going to display it <laughs> oh right uh, yeah, but the I've one from the, China's got the rubber pick. It's it's rubber. The, the one I just gave you's got tool steel in it. Cool. <laughs> well, I've got it in my uh, I've got it in my toolbox, and uh, you know, I I want to like carry it, but I'm just I don't have the habit of like putting it in my pocket. Yeah. But I've got it in my toolbox, my uh, Gerstner that I where I get my go-to tools every day. Yeah, that that's one. The that's one. the one. And I want to start carrying it and try to like come up with creative ways to use it in the shop. And I just don't ever think to like put it in my pocket every day, but I Did think it's really last cool. Night? I, uh, I, I know Eric, you saw it cause you said, put some more on. I yeah. had a can, I had a can of, uh, 
of uh, I don't know, it was a PV blaster, and I dropped it, and the 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 spray cap broke off and just shot across the room. Not only, not only did it break off, it's gone, but I can't because then the stem is broken in the can. So I, I set my ice pick up inside of this machine I'm working on, and I just punctured the can and just sprayed the whole entire can on this machine. <laughs> that I'm that was to. awesome, except for the fact that it was PB Blaster. It had to smell like Satan's ass. Oh, I know. I did it outside. It was the only can. I, that I like me that, I like you, that you comment somebody made on your uh, post, Andrew, about PB Blaster works, and you're like, that is the worst smelling stuff I've ever, oh, I've ever smelled awful. in my life. It's so bad. Yeah. I think it was on your Wilton Vice that you were getting apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to use that ice pick uh, whenever I'm doing my barbecue. That's what oh, I'm yeah. going to use. Yeah. Hey, what what was your method of uh, of separating a, a stuck vice? Because I somebody made a tree a comment, in a truck? Like, Not a tree in a truck? That's not a good idea? Oh, that was so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you real quick, when I was in my old shop, I had at the at the bay door, there was these concrete pillars, you know, and I had a Wilton vice that was stuck one time. And I was like, dude, I can take a forklift, put a chain around the dynamic jaw of the of the Wilton vice and then around the static jaw, put a chain around that and around the, the concrete pillar and just, you know, give it a Hail Mary and pull it apart. It'd take two seconds or destroy your building. Yeah. So I did. <laughs> I, like, I just started pulling on it real easy. Nothing happened. So I backed up and got a little, you know, attaboy type run at it, you know, like run, boom, stop the forklift dead in its tracks. So I was like, screw this. I backed way up, <laughs> run, 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 throw it in gear, run, boom, it hits so hard to forklift. And that vice came apart at like 200 miles an hour. That's boom, soaring past the forklift and right through a drywall. <laughs> that's the, that's like that guy who was pulling those things on apart. the truck. Yeah. If 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 it opens up, it's gonna blast through his tailgate. Oh, yeah. And, and if it doesn't open up, it'll rip his bumper off. Well, the yeah. good thing he was recording because we would have we would have seen it <laughs> if it would have happened. Yeah. But it did. Cool, it, there's just not enough. There's not enough tonnage whenever you're pulling something like that to get that to break loose. And then the other thing too is like if uh, most people don't realize if you're going to have a cable stretched or a chain, if it gives, it's not just going to drop to the ground. It's going to snap in like a rubber band in either direction and hit or kill or break or maim something. Yeah. Yeah. This is why on all of my winches, I've taken the wire rope off and putting the, you know, the synthetic rope on all of my winches because they're too mm -hmm. dangerous otherwise. You're using that synthetic rope that like uh, bright blue totally. stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's more expensive, but I would rather spend more money than have be you know cut half in two by a cable flying through the air, because Lord knows I'm gonna take you know whatever I'm doing to the limits anyways. You know, it's a ten thousand pound winch. I'm probably gonna try to move, you know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand pounds with it. <laughs> what's the, what's the tensile strength on that that rope? That's, That's right. Six point three. Six point three. That's right. Tensile units. Right, son. De 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 definitely 6.3. So, so Adam, what what is your method of getting the vice apart? Well, I used I used my 50 ton dake because I don't have a 25 ton. Like oh, Andrew. listen to you. you I'll go buy a 100 ton right now if you want to act like that. Well, well I'll just go get the 200 ton then. <laughs> okay, Mr. Booth, I'm gonna get the thousand ton. Actually, I saw a uh, <laughs> on my local Craigslist or eBay, there was like a thousand ton, $495,000 dake press. And I was like, that's the one I need. <laughs> you need oh, it. Of course. Got to get it. Yeah. I set it up 
pretty much like you did. I'm trying to remember. I've got a video on it too, but I think that I clamped the base of the vise to an angle plate to help support it and hold it up. But I remember I put a, a you know a piece of round stock through it like you did, and once I got enough pressure on it, it popped loose. Go. To, I don't want to go buy a bunch of kerosene and diesel fuel and then have to get a tank to put it in. Yeah. I just want to set it up and start working on it right then and there. I don't want to wait. Yeah. You know, yeah. and people talk about using the evapora rust. Well, I don't have a 55 gallon drum of it. I've only got a yeah. gallon drum of it. <laughs> well, when you when you get when you get 40,000 Instagram followers, you, you they, they send you that. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, how'd you, you get a 55 gallon drum of that stuff? Just ask. Anyway, they send it to me every time I ask. Yeah. yeah. And you open everyone with a chainsaw. You learn your. No, I, I had to quit doing that because it's too sticky. Mm. You don't want Wait it to, to stick. Adam, I think your internet's slowing down for some reason. No. He, keep pa- he keeps pausing on my screen. It looks fine right. to me. Is it, is I don't it, know what to do about it. You may call oh, the yeah. internet people. I, I really like using penetrating oil only not to get stuff free, but once it's free, I can like unscrew a bolt easier. Yeah. It's literally my only use for it. Otherwise, I just apply heat. And uh, usually that fixes it. He, yeah, he he is a great method. Yeah. Sure. And plus it smells good. Wait, oh, because you're using can of crawl? No. What Just, are you using? Uh, oh, you're using WD-40. I know already. I like yeah, using sometimes. the, not the uh, not knocker loose. Yeah, that smells good too. It's all based on smell, really. Yeah. That's how I judge the penetrating oils. It's just the best way to do it. Although fluid, have you used fluid film ever? I use that stuff a lot. I don't use the the brand fluid film, but I use the the CRC brand SP350 and the SP400 a lot. It's some some good stuff. Yeah, that stuff is awesome for rust prevention. Yep. Fluid film in a can. It's nice. There's no solvents. There's nothing. You can just spray it in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Eric, what do you you got like a like a big pot of goo that you, you is that uh what are you doing? You got you got like a big what? pot of goo that you're letting it's, evap- letting it's evaporated evaporust. What pot of goo? Oh, the old evaporust yeah. thing? Yeah, what is tell everybody what you do with that. Is that good? you're gonna try and distill that and make like a jam with it? What are you doing? I, I don't like know really. I salmonella, trichinosis, and scombroid just, toxin all in one bowl. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh it's just a bowl. My previous salad bowl that uh, has evaporust, and it's just been sitting there in the open, actually evaporating. And I'm going to see what happens over time. It's just getting thicker and thicker. I, I think I could honestly use it to, as like a paint if I somehow thinned it out a little more and just painted what is probably mostly iron onto right. stuff. So we'll see. We'll see. It's just a really weird weird disgusting consistency eric what are you doing with that um asbestos tile cutter there behind you <laughs> you ask me every time <laughs> why do you want it you should use that to trim your eyebrows yeah <laughs> <laughs> i gotta sharpen I gotta sharpen the blades oh i don't know, I don't those, know. you know do you know how those i remember how those things work because i actually was with my dad when i was like 10 years old doing like a siding at someone's house that that actually doesn't necessarily cut it just puts like a crimp line in the asbestos yeah. tile that it like breaks yeah. on 
Yeah. Yes, it has multifunctional uses. Then yeah. it's got a Mis- couple of. Mr. Booth, what do you have hot on your horizon? Hot on the horizon. You caught me off guard with that one, man. (laughs) (laughs) What is your future? Uh, Are we talking uh, tools, machines? No children. We don't have any children on the horizon. Not that you know Uh, of. Adam, uh, do you do any blacksmithing ever? No, I've never done any blacksmithing. Is that something uh, you're curious to do, or is uh, that just like... I, I, I am. I, it, it, actually, it is something else that I would actually learn how to... I would love to learn how to do some blacksmithing. I've considered maybe trying to find some local guys, some local groups, uh, you know, around my area to learn from, and I, I know some exist, and uh, maybe learn how to do some true blacksmithing. I've used my anvil for a lot of different jobs, but but not like blacksmithing. I'm not like making shapes and... Yeah. and uh, you know, but seeing some of the stuff that you guys do in your classes is amazing. And I think it would be awesome to come up and take one of your, one of your classes too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, the, I want to do, I want to do an invite only where it's just like some of the heavy hitters, just us hanging out, doing our thing. And, you know, we've got to set aside some time and figure out when that would be, but I would like to do like a nice curated group of guys. It'd be fun. Just well, all I'd love, I'd love to get be on all, the list. Only when flowers are in bloom though. No, yeah. you don't want to come when it's 10 degrees not, out? Not when it's snowing. <laughs> no, I, I want to be able to come so I can go hang out with Taylor also and steal people's flowers. <laughs> it's, it's actually it's actually snowing right now outside. At is your place, really? is it? Yeah. Oh, man, alive. I feel so Adam, could you, tell, uh, could you tell everybody about your, your metal planer, your, your shaper, your metal shaper? Where you got it and what year it is and what you need to do to it to get it going? Yeah, so I've got to think. Uh, one of my one of my viewers and uh, my friend uh, Kevin Pangle for uh, telling me about the uh, GNE Shaper. That's that's what I have. I have a 32 inch GNE Shaper. I believe it was for 1948, somewhere around 1948 is when it was built. But anyway, he found that uh, up close to where he lives in uh, Pennsylvania. I believe it was uh, Red Lion, Pennsylvania, is where this shop was, and it was a it, it was a tool and die shop that had been closed down for, I don't know, about a decade or so. And, uh, he, he got to know the owners of the, of the shop and was always going by there, like picking, you know, they, they would let him go in there and he would just, uh, he would buy a bunch of tools and then they would make them a deal. But anyway, he told me, he says, man, they've got this shaper in there that looks like it's just been sitting there unused for years and years. So he sent me some pictures of it and showed them to me. And I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty nice, that's a pretty nice looking machine. It had a little bit of surface rust on it because, you know, it's been sitting there for 10 plus years unused. But I knew underneath that it was going to be a nice machine. So yeah. he uh, he talked to them and asked and asked what they wanted for it. And we ended up working out a deal. I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but we ended up working out a deal for nine hundred dollars for that shaper. <laughs> oh, my. Cost more to ship it. I was yeah. going to say, I thought you got it for free because it's the type of thing. Nobody even knows what to do with it or no, they, it was uh, no idea how to set they, it up to use it. They, uh, the, the people wanted, I think they were asking like $2,000 for it in the beginning and then they couldn't ever sell it. And then, uh, whenever Kevin asked about it, they were asking a thousand dollars and, uh, I asked them to try to, you know, deal, deal, deal them down even further. And they said $900, that's it. So I was like, okay, I want it for $900. And that's when I had made an announcement on my channel 
asking for uh, any help in the area. If any guys up there would go over and help Kevin get it out of the, out of the building because it was buried in the very back of this building. And they had a bunch of stuff in there that had to be moved out of the way to be able to get the shaper to the door and load it up on a trailer. So I had a bunch of guys that, uh, offered to go and help. I, it was probably, you know, 10, 10 guys or so. Cause Kevin said that he would donate his time to go and get it moved. So I rented a forklift and uh, had them drop it off so that they could use that to uh, pick the shaper up and set it on the trailer. I hired Fred um, to uh, haul it down here for me. And then I rented a forclift here to uh, unload it at my shop and, and get it in there. How so much does it, it weigh? How much does it weigh? I believe it weighed 8,257 pounds. Wow. I told you, he's very matter <laughs> of fact, very, very uh, like, you know. Andrew very- likes to make fun of me about that. Pound like eight thousand four hundred seven ninety two point six five pounds. I had a, I had a machinist I should be. I, 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 I love it. I love it. Eight thousand. Wait, how much did it weigh again? I believe it was eight thousand two hundred fifty seven pounds. I believe. Like, what do you mean you believe? You know it weighed that much. <laughs> well, because I may be off a couple pounds. It was in a oh. video. You know, it's everything's always on a video. So if you go give back, take one percent. Give or take one percent. I mean, it's. You, I unloaded it at motion because I, I kept it there for a few months because I wanted to wait until I had the concrete poured in front of my shop at, to be able to get it in there a little easier. So at, at motion, they have one of those load cells to be able to weigh things. So I hooked up the load cell and picked it up and I did a live video weighing it. And uh, I think that's what it weighed was 8257. I, this is one of the reasons why I love Adam so much. He's everything that I'm not. He's organized. He's he's <laughs> he like you know he's calculated. He he's like proper. He's polite. Yeah, dude. Okay, <laughs> now we're pushing the limits here, Mister Duresta. No, it's yeah. Great. But uh, like it, at the good of the land fest, I saw him kick children though. <laughs> I did too. I did too. Yeah, yeah. He did some waterboarding uh, demonstrations with kids while we were yeah. there. Yeah. Hey, it's hard to get a cup of water when you're at the events, man. You gotta, you gotta get somebody to bring you some. No, Adam came to visit me, and he had like had like the most detailed directions and schedule and the syllabus and all that. Like, Down dude, this minute. is. I wish I could be like this, but I just don't have it within my ability. You know That's what? A DNA what was, thing. I think. You know what made DNA. me laugh about that visit was, you know, you kept telling me, I've got to go meet some guy at like I don't know, like four o'clock or whatever, and like we're still hanging out talking about anvils and stuff. And it's like six o'clock in the afternoon. And I was just thinking, he said he had to go, he had to go meet some guy. That's pretty standard issue. Yeah. for me. I just, you know, I'm a gypsy dude. Yeah. <laughs> so Adam, uh, getting back to the, to the shaper, is that something you never needed in your day-to-day workflow? And now it seems like you use it quite often. You don't need a shaper, but shapers are just awesome. Machines. <laughs> Wait a minute. You got to have hey. a shaper. This is Jimmy needs, wants, desires, one category, must have, <laughs> must have. Yeah. I, we used to have a shaper in my old shop and I, I hate to admit this. I always hate to admit it, but I had to scrap it because my dad made me scrap it back whenever Oof. I first started working with him. This was probably when I was 18 years old. We had a, we had a 32 inch Cincinnati shaper and it wasn't being used. He tried to sell it. Nobody, this was back in the late nineties. I guess nobody was buying shapers back then. So nobody wanted to buy it. It was in the way. So he had me take it to the scrapyard and we scrapped it. 
and ever since then, you know, I always had this desire, like, man, I wish I could have like learned how to operate that machine. And then as I moved into my shop, started doing my own thing, started watching YouTube videos, started seeing videos of shapers like running on YouTube. I'm like, I gotta have a shaper. I've just, I've gotta have one. They're so cool. They, they are pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you can move a lot of metal with a shaper and they're just, they're so unrespected in today's day. You know, everybody, all they think about is metal machines and CNC machines and how fast they operate. So when they see a, a shaper working, their first reaction is why not use a mill? That's, that's the comment that I always see. Yeah. But, but I was going to say a, a fly cutter seems like it would take like maybe three times longer than it would to surface one of those big chunks you've been recently doing. Yeah, a fly cutter is made just to make a light cut. Whenever you're yeah. moving some metal, you got to use a uh, you know insert mill or a shell mill or an end mill. Yeah, that's right. kind of you know people say fly cutters and they're kind of using it in the wrong context, I believe. Yep, makes but, sense. Yep. But with Jimmy a shaper, did a video though, about that actually with an anvil. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I did. I did. It worked. It did. It worked. <laughs> but with a the shaper though, you can take a, a big long piece of high speed time. tool, and you can take a deep cut. And a, so, and a high a high feed rate and really move some metal and what dad always told me about a shaper back when i used to ask him about shapers is that if you had a block of steel and you had to move a bunch of metal on it you could go set it up on the shaper get it cutting and then walk over to the other machine and be running it while the shaper was over there cutting you know so the other benefit too is that you're using a high speed tool bit versus a, a rotating cutter you know, you're not burning up an end mill or, or breaking carbide insert. So you've got mm -hmm. a tool bit that you can go over to the bench grinder and sharpen whenever you yeah. don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a nice feature. And and you guys love seeing the videos, don't you? I mean, how cool is it watching? Well, every, yeah, everyone loves cuts? it. It's like yeah. that in metal planers I could just watch all day. That's right. That's like actually like asking a heterosexual male if he likes looking at Playboy magazine. I mean... <laughs> You would the other day you kept making a deeper and a deeper and a deeper cut. Did you get like about a quarter inch at one point? Uh, well, no, no. I'm thinking uh, you were at like well, one point I one was, two two five. I think you were at. Well, eight. the highest depth of cut that I've taken, I believe, was like uh, three quarters of an inch. Jesus, oh, I mean that's amazing. That is crazy amazing. But the, but what I didn't show, what I did not show because I'm embarrassed to show it, is that I actually pushed it so hard that it tried to shove the the workpiece out of the vice. Oh, no. and, and so when I, and I knew I was pushing the limit. So I had my hand on the clutch lever whenever I was doing, I was doing a fat, a, a high step over. So I had it set at like 60,000 step over and it was doing it. And then it, right in the middle of a cut, it, it actually tilted that workpiece up and started shoving it out of the vice. So I, so I disengaged the clutch to make everything stop right then. Yeah. Wow. I was I wasn't That's filming crazy. it, but I I I just don't want to hear from the peanut gallery, so I just didn't show it, you know. <laughs> Is it possible to crash that machine and damage its um its innards, or does it will the motor stop? I'm sure that it that it is, and that's the one thing that I worry about is uh, maybe breaking a gear or breaking mm -hmm. something in the linkage. Love I don't it. know what the limit is, but it's amazing how strong that machine is. Uh, it's possible that the tool bit could break first. But I, I have a feeling that it's possible to break a gear. But it, if that, ha I don't know if that's ever happened to one. It's yeah. possible. I uh, think you'd I, be more likely to. It's kind of like a, a large eccentric in there. I think it'd be you'd be more likely to to shear a pin on the arm or something than you would to break a gear. Yeah, that's just wondering where this weak spot is. 
I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just let's think test it. Yeah. Let's, take, well, let's do it with Adams. Let's do it with Adams. Yeah. Adam, Adam, what do we know about Jason over at Fireball Tools? What do we know about his shaper? I see him sitting on like a race car and a couple of memes. It's like an, it's like a the most orgasmic sized shaper of all times. I know that I should have bought it whenever I found it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you found it? Oh, oh, is that yeah. that is a some bitter shit right there. <laughs> whenever I actually saw that in his shop, I told him I was like, I should have bought that thing. But I already had Wait, one, so he. So knew, you I found it and he bought it. Someone sent me the link to that. One of my viewers sent me the link to that. It was in Birmingham, Alabama. And it already had a shaper. I didn't have a place in my shop for it. And Jason told me already that he wanted a shaper. So I sent it to him. I said, hey, I know where a Cincinnati, a 36 cent Cincinnati is. And so he's like, yeah, let me let me let me have the link. So, I mean, he he instantly was like, yeah, I want that machine. But the sheer size of it is just amazing. His I believe his was over 11,000 pounds. Wow. It's and a now, whether whether he has a machine. It's a 36-inch throw? Yeah, his is a 36-inch uh, stroke. Wow. Go ahead, Andrew. There's not, there's not any shapers that are much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. There's that 140-whatever, 46 or 48 that we found, Adam, that picture of. But well, we've never I, seen one, though. No, no, not in person, but just, I, you know. Well, even, even Cincinnati, I don't know if that's the one you were talking about, the one that had the triangular-shaped ram. There's, uh, I saw a catalog picture of, a, of I believe it was a 48-inch cincinnati and the ram is in the shape of a triangle but i've never seen one you know a real one just a, just a catalog picture but the so, uh, biggest ones that you see out there are the uh the 36 inch usually i mean 36 inch is crazy yeah it's i think big, at one point like jason was laying down on the top of it and yeah. like it, it looked know. like a, it looked like one of those pod racers on star wars yeah oh. yeah that's metal planer territory yeah, that's when you could step up to like an open side Rockford planer, which would be another awesome machine to have, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll, get, I'll go get one today. Yeah. Can you have buy either those you at guys the got yours going? Have either of you guys got yours going? Eric or Andrew, have you gotten a, a metal, metal planer no. going? I mean, they're it's so good goal. to look at. We got to see them. We got to see it's them a doing summer. Stuff. It's an end of summer goal for Eric, me. Eric, I didn't know you had a planer. I do. I have a metal planer. The same one, Andrew. Well, the same smaller one Andrew has, not the other oh, one. Nice. That it's little. It's a Vedin S. Yeah. It hopefully will run and do some fun stuff. Guys, yeah. I got to dip out. The well guys are calling me. I'm just gonna put myself on mute. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> Send yes. Skippy to do it. Oh, yeah. he's got his he's got his Bloods and Cribs bandanas back pocket yeah. every time. So Andrew. Have you Yo. been working on your uh, anvil? I'm sorry, the uh, the vice shelf collection there. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. They're uh, they're going up slowly. All right, you got to carry on without me. I got to go turn on the water pump. We're Don't about to anything. end. Can you just wait a minute? Are you going to end it? Yeah. Oh well, let's it's end lunch it. Time. It's lunch time. All right. Oh, you got to go see your guy, right? You got to go do some. Yeah, like Oklahoma, don't he? Corsican. All right. Corsican. All right. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll you see it. what I bring back today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> It'll be glorious. The people that are in my building right now are looking at me like, what is wrong? What, with is, what does he do? Is it a bunch of super soakers? Uh, yeah, it's one big banana phone snooper smoker. What is mm. that? 
Snooper. Super soaker. A super soaker. Stop cocking guns. It's too many guns. This is a so, 1915 Stoyer. That's what I'm playing with right now. Like, I, I yeah. now, after knowing you two, I know, like, two people now that own guns. <laughs> oh, guns in Canada? Adam, are, Adam's, sitting, like, Adam's sitting there like a, <laughs> the cat that ate the canary. He's just sitting there saying a word. He lives in the South. We know like, what are we watching gonna, you guys enjoying the show, man. Yeah, what are we Adam's shooting? Got, Adam's got guns, dude. Say, he's a, you got I mean, guns, right, Adam? He should just it. roll up. He should just roll up his sleeves. I got a couple. <laughs> oh, got tickets to the gun show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, they need about. me down there. My 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 well guys, my sand hogs need me. So are they paying? Are you paying them by the hour? They know who you are, right? Just yeah. Tell them the so whole I'm gonna I'm gonna say goodbye, everybody. Adam, thank you for wait, coming. Wait, wait, on. no, wait. Are they All paying right. you by the hour? Are you paying them by the hour? I I I gave them one big fat number. So okay, well then they can wait a minute. This is way more important. Just tell them to calm that down. <laughs> Oh, look at that look so, on your face. I, look, I feel like a kid that just got yelled at. This is like my facial expression from your trash um, episode last week. That I, I just tell you something. I love that so much. I've listened to it like three times a day. Which one? About getting the, angry? Yeah, you getting angry. Oh. I just thought it was so fantastic. I loved it. That's what you I was thinking me. about whenever he was talking about the uh, first guy that came out and looked at it as well. I was going to say, if totally. you heard me screaming, that's what I was thinking oh, about. my God. Oh my God! I was so upset. Taylor's like, okay, okay, okay. I'll get a second opinion. Okay, okay. Okay, Adam, thanks for being on, dude. Our podcast. Thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. Guys, thank yes. you very much. Adam, thank you. Eric, thank you. Eric's yes. hair, thank you. Eric, no problem. I enjoyed Close, talking dude. to you. I don't okay, know. Six I don't know what we talked about, but I enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> Sounds like the view. We're all talking over each other. Yeah, God. <laughs> the chew. Oh, God, stuff. There's just never mass shootings on the set of The View. Like, it's not fair. <laughs> Wait, Adam Adam was saying something very poignant. Go ahead, Adam. I was just saying that this uh, this podcast is is very enjoyable. It's uh, I love playing it in the shop when I'm working and listening to you guys ramble on about tools and vices and anvils and whatever it is you guys have going on. So I uh, hope you guys keep it going. And, Thank you. And... Uh, Maybe maybe one one day you guys will have me back on. We'll, we'll talk about some more machinery or some tools absolutely. Or, or whatever. Of course. Absolutely. Thanks Thank for being you. on, dude. Yep. Well, I'm gonna hit uh, stop recording. What? <laughs> That's it? You saying goodbye? That's the no, bye. Don't no on the call recorder thing. Don't I hit stop recording? Yeah, after we say goodbye. Once it's oh. over. Come on. Is there- is there some new format of goodbye I didn't get the email about? Is it over? Did we Are we off the air? So long, oh, farewell. Wait. Don't forget, you got to record the intro right now. Record the intro. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fits All Podcast. Today, we've got a special guest weighing in at a blistering 187 pounds. Here he is, the no-haired Adam Booth, A-bomb 79. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank me you. on. Very nice. Is that what Very you nice. wanted? Is that what you wanted? That's perfect. A wrestling. Right. I, I, I don't know where any of that came from, but it, a boxing. Just there. it was so good. All right, got to hang up now. i got to go to my well, guys. Adam, thank you. Eric, okay, okay see all you guys later. Bye-bye, nipple nice. tassels. Nice talking to you, as always. See you guys later.